0: It is great to see you. It is good to be together. We started planning this service a couple months ago and we were like, well, what do families do at Christmas? Families get together. So what should we do this Christmas? Maybe we should get together and I am glad to be a part of it. A glad to see each and every one of you. We're glad you woke up from your Christmas dinner food coma. Glad you put your Legos away. Glad you made it here to church this morning. We are happy you are here happy you are a part of it and i'm excited to get to dig in to god's word with you this morning but before we read our scripture let's hear a story it had been a rough couple of years for our hero he had lost his primary profession after a workplace mishap led to a nasty Lawsuit because we live in a litigious society. He was then forced to take a dead end job that he despised. That he had to move to a new city for with a boss that just did not understand his greatness. Nobody here knows how that feels. Um, his teenage daughter was struggling to make friends. His son was acting out in school, and his wife was miserable because she had left her very prominent career to follow him nowhere then one day he pulls into his driveway out front of his suburban house and as he shuts his door the driver's side window shatters and with a great sigh he's like this is the end of the rope life can't get any worse than this but he spins around and he looks at the end of the driveway and who is sitting there but a little boy on a tricycle and he turns to the little boy and he says angrily, What are you waiting for, kid? And the little boy, realizing he's gotten more than he was perhaps hoping for by sitting at the end of the driveway, says meekly in response, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. And our hero turns around and walks towards his house and says, Me too, kid. Me too. Now, this story is one of my favorite scenes from one of my favorite movies, the Disney movie, The Incredibles. And our hero is Mr. Incredible. And life is not going well for Mr. Incredible for most of the movie. And this point is my favorite scene because it highlights a basic human desire that each and every one of us feels. It doesn't matter if we're Mr. Incredible with all the strength in the world or if we're a little boy at the end of a driveway on a bicycle every single one of us wants to see something amazing every single one of us wants our life to matter every single one of us wants a life that is a part of something bigger and is a part of something truly amazing none of us are immune to that draw and our story from scripture today is a woman who is in that same spot while she hasn't had exactly the same life story as Mr. Incredible, life has not gone well for her. And if a little boy had shown up at the end of her driveway, she would have responded to him, Me too, kid, me too. She was waiting for something amazing. So we are going to read this morning from Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. I believe it's 725 in the Pew Bible in front of you if you would like to read along with it. I will paraphrase some of the pronouns to get all of the characters in our head. But here we go. There was a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived her life with her husband seven years and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day fasting and praying coming up to Mary and Joseph at that very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem this is the word of the Lord be to God you can find something amazing in Jesus You can find something amazing in Jesus. The prophet Anna was an old woman who was full of years of suffering and experience, and yet she needed only a glimpse of the baby in Mary's arms to realize that at long last, the something amazing that she had longed for was here. We cannot remind ourselves of this enough, that Jesus is here and that he is something amazing. However, to appreciate this moment of Anna's life, to appreciate this moment where she got to see all that she longed for arrive in the temple, we have to sit with Anna's entire life. And we have to let Anna's entire life speak to us. Anna waited 84 years to see something amazing. That's 30,660 days in the temple. 30,660 days worshiping, fasting, praying, and waiting. We could forgive Anna if she had given up. That is a long time to pray and see so little in return. And surely she had friends like the prophet Job, friends that would say things like, Anna, he's not coming. Anna, surely there are better uses of your time. Anna, why don't you go home? For a while. If Anna was in the American South, we would say, Anna, bless your heart. (laughs) Bless her heart. She was called a prophet, but surely people were beginning to wonder if that was really true. But Anna persisted. She never left the temple. She was enduring the wait for something amazing, and you can endure the wait for something amazing too. As we leave the Christmas season, as we leave the season of Advent that we have the wreath still up here for, many of us are still enduring a wait like Anna was in our own life. And these waits can be anything. Maybe you endured Christmas for the kids, but you know that divorce papers are coming in January. Perhaps you were really hoping that your estranged son or daughter would call this Christmas, but they did not. Maybe you smiled at every well-meaning family member when they asked when you're going to have children, but it was a dagger to the heart every time. Maybe you were terrified for school to begin again because it means returning to a place that you feel like you don't belong. Maybe your Christmas was like Jean Apple's. Gene Apple is now the pastor of Eastside Christian Church in Eastside, California. Life, by his own admission, is going much better now, but there was a season in his life and a Christmas in his life that he remembers for being very difficult. Gene was the pastor of his church, and he had just recently gone through a lengthy divorce, and he wanted nothing more with his life than to go home and to be with his extended family for Christmas. But there was one problem with this plan that Gene had, and that problem was the Christmas Eve service. You see, Gene was on the hook to preach the Christmas Eve service, and he realized there was no way out. So he booked a ticket for Christmas morning, and he decided that he would prepare his Christmas Eve sermon. He did the Christmas Eve sermon, everybody had their candles out. It was a great time, and as he was shaking hands with the people, as they were leaving, he realized something. He was getting really hungry. And as a freshly minted bachelor who was leaving in the morning, there was not much that he could eat in his fridge. And by not much, I mean nothing. So Gene went out into his town looking for a place to eat. He swung by McDonald's, but it was closed. He swung by Wendy's, but it was closed too. And he was like, all right, I guess fast food is out. I'll try someplace a little bit nicer. Maybe someplace a little bit nicer will be open. I don't really want to spend that money, but I'll make it happen because minister salaries, I can get that done. And he went to a nicer restaurant, but they were book solid, so they couldn't have him there either. So, feeling like Mary and Joseph on Christmas morning, he soon realized there wasn't going to be a place for him to get dinner until he saw the neon lights of the one place that was going to be open all night his local casino. And so Gene drove out to the local casino and parked in the parking lot by himself on Christmas Eve and walked into the casino diner. He took his spot at the counter straight out of a Norman Rockwell painting and ordered the blue plate special. And as he sat there, he surveyed the room and it was a bunch of guys by himself like him. Feeling down, he says, at the exact moment his plate arrived at the counter, Elvis's Are You Lonely This Christmas began to play over the loudspeaker. Now, Gene's story is funny now, but at that moment, Gene described it as the lowest point in his life. He was waiting for Christmas, he was waiting for something amazing, and the wait was really hurting. So if that's where you are today, know that you have people like Jean that understand, know that you have champions like Anna that know the pain of prayers that seem to go unanswered or unheard. They know the weight of doubts that come, but they also know that doubting or that waiting is not the end of the story. I spent my Christmas with my extended family up in Philadelphia and all of them live in like a 10 mile radius of each other. So we house hopped all the way around to everybody's different houses. And when I had had too much family time, I went around to look at all of the different nativity scenes that were in the different places. And I began to notice that there are the typical cast of characters that we expect in a nativity scene. Whether it's a Fisher-Price one or whether it's Precious Moments, we know we have some characters that are going to be there. Right? We've got assorted barn animals are going to make their appearance. Gabriel's going to be on the roof somewhere. We've got to have baby Jesus in the manger. We've got to have Mary and Joseph, their key figures. And then we're going to have assorted wise men and various shepherds of all different sizes. Right? Those are the regular cast of characters that we expect to see in a nativity scene. But looking at these nativity scenes made me wonder, where was Anna? There's no tiny Anna figurine in any of these nativity sets. She is not one of the regular cast of characters that we expect to show up in a Christmas pageant play. Yet here she is in the Gospel of Luke just eight days later. So where was she Christmas morning? And the text tells us that Anna had to be right where she always was, in the temple praying to the God that she never forgot about, hoping that he would finally answer her prayer. Little did she know that just six miles from where she was praying, everything she had hoped for her entire life had arrived. She was so close to something amazing that if she was standing right here, Jesus was born at the Roanoke Star. She was that close to everything she had ever asked for, and yet she wasn't invited to Christmas morning. Anna had done everything that was asked of her. She had lost her family. She had constantly prayed for Jerusalem. And yet when the moment finally came, when God was on the move in the way that Anna had always hoped for, her invitation to Christmas was lost in the mail. She wasn't invited to something amazing. She missed Christmas. The story of Anna reminds us of this timeless truth, that you might have missed Christmas, but Christmas won't miss you. You might miss Christmas, but Christmas won't miss you, that the coming of Jesus is good news for the uninvited and the forgotten. The arrival of Jesus is good news for everyone, but is especially good news for those who feel that they've gone unnoticed or unheard. Jesus did not just arrive that morning in Bethlehem. Christmas is not over. Because the power of the living God that came to earth that day in Bethlehem arrives in the hearts of his people every day. The spirit of God that moved in Bethlehem is on the move in this place right now, inviting us to live in a whole new way. If you feel like you missed Christmas, fear not. Christmas is still on the way. During my time in seminary, I had the privilege of working with an organization called the Prisoner Entrepreneurship Program through my church. And what that group realized was that there are a lot of guys in prison because they're really good entrepreneurs. They just sell illegal things. And so if we gave them, if we gave them the proper training... Perhaps they could go out into the workforce and start businesses, legitimate businesses, and transform their lives. And it's been wildly successful. 97% of the guys that finish the program never return to prison. And because of our partnership with them, we were invited to the graduation ceremony for one of these classes. And a few days before the event, they called us and go, Hey, one of the guy's grandmothers wants to come to the graduation. Would you all mind picking her up as you drive to the prison. And we are like, absolutely, we're down. Tell us where she is. So early in the morning, we drive to a Hardee's parking lot in Palestine, Texas, and we pick up this man's grandmother. And we drive to the prison, and we go through security together, and we take our spot at the very end of the gym, the very back of the prison gym. And as we wait for the event to start, we talk with this lady about how she hasn't seen her grandson in years, hasn't seen him since he arrived in prison. As the the event starts, we we see the graduates start to proceed in, and her grandson spots his grandmother and bolts out of line to give her a hug. Realizing he's holding up the line very quickly and that the guards were not very thrilled about that jumping out of line, he jumps back in line very quick and finds his spot. When our man graduates, we jump up in applause, and as the event ends, we go and find this man with his grandmother, and they embrace. And at that point, we were all pretty misty-eyed, but as we were focusing on that moment, we realized this small child had walked up next to us, and we were like, who are you, and who do you belong to? And she walked up, and she said, hi, dad. And we're like, oh. And we realized in that moment that that was the great-granddaughter of the lady that we had brought. It was a five-year-old great-granddaughter that she had never met before. And no one who witnessed that moment will ever forget what we saw. Here was a family that had missed a lot of Christmases. Here was a family that had seen a lot of things go bad. Here was a family that wasn't invited. Here was a family that had gone unnoticed. But in that moment, God broke through, and they were reunited. Christmas had found them. Are we expecting those moments in our life? Do we expect to see God move in the world around us? Do we expect amazing things to happen when we come to church? Do we expect to be amazed. Are we ready to witness amazing things? That morning, Anna was ready to witness something amazing. She had spent her entire life preparing for that one moment, and when the moment came, she was ready for action in two important ways. First, Anna knew what she was looking for. No one needed to explain to Anna who Jesus was. Even as a small baby in in his parents' arms, the amazingness of who Jesus was was self-evident to everyone who knew what they were looking for. Anna was the second person that morning in that temple to recognize the greatness of the child that stood before them. Jesus is enticing to everyone who's in the middle of their wait. He came into her life and he's come into ours and he can move in other people's lives. And even as a baby, this was undeniable. The second thing Anna did that morning was that she told everybody what she had seen. The the glimpse of the child in his mother's arms was enough to inspire Anna to be one of the first human beings to proclaim the good news to others. She knew the struggles of everyone that was around her. Her waiting for 84 years had built her empathy to everyone around her so that the very first thing she did upon seeing that the good news had arrived was turn around and proclaim it to everyone. It should be humbling that a woman who waited so long immediately turned her back on what she was waiting for so that everyone else could know about it too. Too often, our familiarity with the stories of Jesus, our familiarity with church, our familiarity with the things we know Jesus did rob us of. The amazingness of who he was. Rob us of the amazingness that Anna got to experience that morning. And it robs us of the zeal to tell others about him. But the gospels are full of stories of people who are amazed. A short man climbs a tree to see Jesus. Four friends cut a hole in a roof to see Jesus. An enemy soldier deserts to see Jesus. A sick woman pushes through a crowd to see Jesus. A blind man tosses his cloak to see Jesus. Shepherds leave their flocks, fishermen leave their nets, and tax collectors leave their desks. They do all of these abnormal things. They do all of these crazy things because the word got out. The word got out that someone amazing had arrived, and they were not going to miss a second of it. What if that word got out here in the Roanoke Valley like it did in Israel? What if we as a people who have gotten far more than just a glimpse of baby Jesus committed to telling our own stories of the amazing things that God has done in our life? In in this past November, we focused on Fran, right? Friends, relatives, associates and neighbors, these are the people that are already in our orbit, the people whose weights we know, the people who are living their lives next to us. What if we committed to say, the word got out in Israel because of people like Anna, the word is going to get out in Roanoke because of people like me. The good news of who Jesus is, the amazingness of who Jesus is, is going to be evident in our valley because of people like me. The truth is too good to keep to ourselves. The amazingness is too good to be our own. So we must proclaim it to others. The word has gotten out before and it will get out again. What amazing stories of what God has done could we be a church that achieves? Would our friends leave their desk at the Wells Fargo Tower because of what we told them? Would our teachers stop their lessons? Would our baristas stop making coffee? Would our dads shut off the grill? All because they heard something amazing from us. All because they heard about someone amazing from us. There are people in your life that are waiting. You encounter them every day. They have not heard the amazing message. They don't say Merry Christmas because they don't know what it is. They don't know that it's an amazing thing that God has done for them. And we are the ones that get to tell them that their wait is over. If you ever watch or have seen the movie, The Incredibles, the little boy at the end of the driveway shows up again. He's chilling at the end of the driveway as the climactic battle of the entire movie rages above him. Syndrome is fighting the entire Incredible family and ultimately he loses and his plane explodes and falls down on The Incredibles' house. The daughter, who didn't fit in at the beginning of the movie, is the hero and saves the day with her superpowers, protecting everyone as the plane falls. And the little boy, who came back, is waiting as the dust settles, and the family looks out and sees him at the end of the driveway. And the little boy stands up from his tricycle and shouts, "'That was totally wicked.'" And he sits back down, and the Incredibles look at each other and smile. That little boy got to see something amazing because he came back. Anna got to see something amazing because she came back. And you get to see something amazing too. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. For who you are. God, we thank you that you have transformed our lives, that you really are someone amazing, that you are someone worth telling the world about, that you are someone who has transformed our lives, that has changed everything about the way we live now. Lord, as we head into a new year, may the word get out in the Roanoke Valley because of us. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Now, perhaps you want to be a part of something amazing. Perhaps you haven't experienced before. Perhaps you don't know just how Merry Christmas is. And you want that relationship with Jesus. You've been coming for a long time, but you are ready to see something amazing. I would love to talk more with you about it. I would love to talk with you about our amazing God, because He truly is amazing. Or perhaps you want to be part of a community of people, a community of people that says, yes, we're going to worship all together, a community of people that says, yes, we are going to proclaim the amazingness of God to our world. We would love for you to be a part of our community. This is your opportunity to stand and respond and come forward. Let's stand together.